Well, 48 hours ago, I was like this on top of a 14,260-foot mountain called the Quandary in Colorado, and I was sucking breath. And then I had to endure Nebraska yesterday to get back to here. And I say this because all of us bring in this week to this room. And some of you are going to read those words of what can we do, and immediately your mind's going to start to race into places about the week or what's coming up or the things that are holding you back, the things that are not helping you be present today. And so I want to take a little bit of time before we jump into the service in your groups is to share what's holding you back today from being present, from hearing God's voice, from hearing his message whether it was driving through Nebraska yesterday, whether it's through school that's gonna be kicking up here real quick, whether it's the state fair that you maybe had something you're gonna do or you're wanting to do, or maybe it's something else, but what is it today that is maybe distracting you or potentially holding you back from being present today? Because I believe there's power when you voice that, when you put it before the Lord and say this out loud, and then be able to release that so you can receive that gift that God has for you. So take a few minutes in your small groups, whoever you feel comfortable with, uh, share a little bit. What's preventing you from being right here, right now in this moment for God being able to speak through you? Let's pray together. Father God, you know what was spoken, you know what was unspoken. You know what's in our hearts today. You know what we come and we bring into this room, Father, I pray that there's anything that is not of you, may it be released today in the name of Jesus. If there's something that's holding us back from hearing you and hearing your unique voice to our lives, Father, may we release that in the name of Jesus. Father God, if there's certain ways that you want to speak, you want to move, you want to nudge, you want to you want to poke us, you want to prod us. Whatever it takes, Father, we want to know and be more like you. May you come today, Father. So, Father, in your spirit, we release this, we give this to you. Make us, help us be present in your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, for about three years of my life, I was in a traveling puppet show. I'll say that again. For three years of my life, I was in a traveling puppet show. I'll let that just sink in for a little bit, all right? I mean, it's okay to laugh. So I said this at a company icebreaker. So we were doing the, you know, you gather with everybody and you, you kind of share one thing that no one would know about you. And I said this, and I had one of my fellow people who's not from Pella, who's not from this region, who just busted out laughing. And he just couldn't stop laughing. And I was like, we're literally kind of going off the meeting. He just kept laughing in his chair. And I was like, what are you laughing about? He's like, I, I just don't know what to even do with that. <laughs> Traveling puppet show. So for those that, that were here last week, we're going to kick it old school a little bit. And we're going to talk about what can we do. And we're singing some old songs and we're singing, um, we're, we're doing some things that we used to do with the clipboards. And I'll explain that as we get towards the end a little bit more. But for those that didn't know, an old TRC, Third Reformed Church back in the day, and the, over where the library is, we had a puppet ministry for us in elementary school. And I, I brought some props with us to help demonstrate for those that don't remember. But if we're going to kick it old school, let's talk about puppets a little bit. 
All right, I was a master puppeteer. John Hebrink over there was another one with me, a master puppeteer. All right, and we, we, would, have, we would have these puppets and we would go and do shows all around central Iowa. We would evangelize as eight, nine, 10, 11 year olds. And if you didn't know, this could be Joseph in the amazing color dream coat, all right? This is this, this technicolor dream coat. This could be throw a robe on him, it's Moses, and he's gonna, you know, come and give the 10 commandments. Um, this could put, a, put a, um, you know, um, uh, another robe on him, a different color, and this could be the, the father of the prodigal son. Um, you know, put some shoes on it, and it could be Peter that walks on water. Oh, wait, there's no feet. Um, forgot about that. But we would go around and we would evangelize at like eight, nine, ten. And then we'd pull out old salty in the psalm book songs. We would squeeze a friend's knee, squeeze a knee next to you, squeeze a friend's knee and sing la la. I mean, that's, that's biblical, right? I was going to have the prayer team or the worship team sing that song. And then I remembered I climbed the mountain. And I was like, if anyone wants to squeeze my, my knee right now, the spirit of living God would come out through me. Okay? No one's squeezing my knee right now. But here's the thing. This puppet taught me so much when I was growing up. I would go and I would share about Joseph or Daniel in the lion's den. Or I would share about the, the disciples in the Last Supper. I would share about all these stories through these puppets. And not only was I discipling others, but I was being discipled in return. This right here has a lot of power. And old Bert and Ernie has nothing on what we had back in the day through the power of puppets. So as we go into the message today, I'm going to central a little bit on the power of puppets, but I also want us to think about how are we discipling and how are we discipling others? So pull out your Bibles if you can. The scripture is going to be on Colossians 3, 16. It's on page 1167, if you've got this Bible here. Colossians 3, 16. All right, I will read the passage here. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your, heart, in your hearts to God. Let me repeat that again. 316, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. And as you sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts to God. So as we look at that passage... As we think about the power of puppets, I want us to come back to three main things. The first one is that Christ moves in teaching one another. Okay, Christ moves in teaching one another. How many of you want Christ to dwell in you more every day? I hope every hand went up. If you didn't say your hand up, I don't, I'm questioning why you're here exactly. But hopefully your hand went up. How much of you want you to rich you blessedly? Right? Richly bless you. Sorry. I did climb a mountain to 48 hours ago. And according to Colossians 3.16, what makes this possible? Read that beginning again. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly 
as you teach and admonish one another. Or put it this way, when you teach and admonish one another, Christ will dwell among you richly. I think sometimes you just make this way too complicated than it really needs to be because it's not really super hard. Okay, When we say yes to teaching or to being taught in Christian community, the Lord dwells in you more and more each time. And pretty soon, you're a changed person. So growing up, that puppet ministry that we ran was run by my mom, Bev Brand, who's actually in the front row right here. Luann Hebrink was another one of our leaders. Chris Van Monen, Kathy Van Ruckel, Rosie DeBrien, okay, people that I considered, especially at that age, and even to this point, pillars in our church. Okay, when you think about third church, these are some of the names that come up. And as a young child, you think, oh, they are pillars of the church because they've always been pillars of the church. But now as I've gotten older, you realize they became pillars of the church because they kept saying yes, and God kept dwelling in them more and more and more and more, and they became changed people because they were being discipled while they were discipling others. Okay, it's not super complicated, but we have to be in a posture to say, am I willing to be discipled? And am I willing to disciple others? And through that, God will change you. He wants to move through you to teach others. Second thing is that praise is all-encompassing. Okay, when praise is from the Spirit, it takes on all kinds of forms. Okay, you look in this passage. Where does praise make itself known? Through psalm, through hymns, through spiritual songs, okay? And I'm pretty sure if Paul was writing today, he would say, through puppets, all right? You know, I'm sure, let's just say this is Paul. You know, Paul, and I'm gonna see if I can still do this. Paul would, you know, come down here and say, and besides the greatest commandment, I would say that ye need to stick your hand in some pieces of cloth and to be able to praise God in all things, and ye will be blessed from day to day to ages to ages. All right? That's what God would do. I know. Thank you. Thank you. In all seriousness, no, praise is all-encompassing. Because it's the heart of praise, and it's the acknowledgement that God is the giver and the creator of all things. And we got to give credit where credit is due. Okay, so it is in community that we share it with others. He is the creator. In fact, he is the ultimate creator. He's the creator of teaching in children's ministries. He's the creator of being a greeter at the door. He is the creator in serving in hospitality, in teaching a class, in attending a class, in serving in nursery, being on the tech team, singing on the worship band, being on the prayer team. There is beauty that's being created by people serving by planting flowers, okay? He is the God of all things, and when we give him praise through our service, through our saying yes, he does incredible things in us. And remember, God is a God of infinite possibilities with an imagination that would put Elon Musk to shame, okay? Absolutely to shame. But he's also a God that needs us to say yes. Okay, what's it say? When God comes, he will knock at the door, and what do we have to do? We have to invite him in. It's not just going to happen. It's not going to randomly come down and just 
Guess could be here. You have to invite him in. If you want that spirit of praise to reside in you, you also have to invite him into your heart and say yes. And he will do more than you ever imagine if you step into your God-given talents. And here's the thing. You all have a story. You all have talents you've been given. You've all got things that you can do that you've been uniquely created for. And the, and the God of infinite possibilities is asking you to use those gifts and talents. And if you say no, it's not that God's will won't be done. His will is going to be done no matter what happens. Because he, we know how this book is written. But what's going to happen is you're going to miss out on the opportunity for God to use you to be a conduit to be his hands and feet, to be his voice, to be his spirit right here on earth. And it's not that God's gonna miss out. It's you're gonna miss out with being with your heavenly father and him using those gifts and talents. Third thing is that gratitude seals the deal. So that last part of the, of the message, with gratitude in your heart to God. How many of you have been around those people that just make you feel better by just being in their presence? I mean, I, I can name a few. So picture in your head that person that you're like, man, I just like being around that person. So get that picture in your head. And more than likely, there's just gratitude that oozes out of their life by the way they, can, they, they conduct their life. You just want to be around him because you're hoping a little bit of that ooze falls on top of you. And no one just stumbles into gratitude as gratitude is a heart posture grounded in discipling and being discipled over an extended period of time, learning to see God's glory in all things. And it is from this posture that one can't help but be thankful. And I want to address something in particular with our group, American Christians, because there's a lot about being blessed lately, all right? You know, being blessed, that, you know, as an American Christian, I'm blessed because I have three cars, I have a beautiful house, I have great kids. You know, I'm, I'm blessed with all that. And I wanna tell you this right now is, that's God with a contingency. God doesn't like contingencies. So we're not talking about that, because I can tell you, I have sat with some of the most economically poor people in this world and they have a heart of gratitude that goes deep, super deep. I've also sat with some of the richest people in the world that have economic means beyond measure, and yeah, they'll say they're blessed, but at the same point, they are not thankful at all. You can tell this heart posture is just not there. So the one thing that I can say is the, the quality that comes from people with this heart to the gratitude is that they serve. They serve their families. They serve their friends. They serve their community. They serve their church. And when they serve, their heart posture gets deeper and deeper and deeper. Gratitude comes from a heart of service. Great word picture for this is in the Middle East. Okay, so in the Middle East, there's Two big bodies of water. One is called the Dead Sea and one is the Sea of Galilee. Both come from the Jordan River. One's the lowest elevation in the world for a sea or for an ocean body of water. One's the second. They're not that far from each other. 
Both have the same water source coming in. But one has life and one is completely dead, hence the name Dead Sea. The Dead Sea, nothing can grow in it except for like microorganisms, that's it. It's dead, nothing's there. And you know what the Dead Sea has? It has an inflow, but there's no outflow. The water stops in the Dead Sea. Versus the Sea of Galilee, that's where life happens, that's where fish come out, that's where for a millennia, that's where people have been harvesting life. It's where a lot of this was written. And what's the difference between that sea and the Dead Sea? Two major things, number one is there's an outflow. There's an outflow from the Sea of Galilee. There's also a deep reservoir spring underneath that that gives life. And my friends, if we wanna be of life and not be of death, we need to know where our spring comes from. There's gratitude that comes from that spring of knowing where it comes from. All things in this life flow through God to you and they come from him. Second though is there's gotta be an outflow. You can't have life when you just keep taking and taking and taking and taking and nothing comes out of you. The spirit of God will not dwell in you very long if you do not have an outflow to go out. So my friends, we are called to serve. We are called to be part of God's kingdom and his service. So I don't want this to sound harsh, but I also want to say this in love. Some of us are spending all of our energy right now playing full-time Christian and being part-time disciple of Christ. We need to be discipled and we need to disciple others. Some of us are spending more time making sure that we take the right stand instead of standing with the people right in front of us. My friends, we need community. We need to be with one another. Can't be with one another from a distance. Some of us are more concerned with winning and losing than we are with loving. My friends, love comes from a heart of gratitude, a heart of service. And here's the great antidote for all of that. No matter where you're at in this, is that when you say yes to Jesus, his invitations, he starts to work through you. As it says in our scripture, when he does that, the word of Christ dwells in you richly. And from that comes wisdom. And that wisdom that is expressed through song, through hymn, through spiritual songs and blessings, through puppets even. And through that you will understand where this comes from because there'll be gratitude in your hearts to God. Sitting in front of you in all these pews today is, is uh, what's it called? Clipboard, thank you. Altitude sickness. Clipboard. <laughs> On there, we want you, as a church family, this isn't for attendance, this isn't for anything else, but we want you to sign your name on there. Even if you don't check one of those boxes, we want you to still put your name on there. Number one, because it helps us know who you are. We want to be in community together. But number two, it asks very, very simple questions this morning. Okay? I want to be discipled. 
Send me options to say yes to. That's pretty easy, okay? That could look like a whole type of range of things, from classes to different things, from gatherings that we have to small groups to um, events that we're going to be doing later. So I want to be discipled. Send me options to say yes. Second is I want to disciple and invest in our youth. Send me options for, and it gives you options. Now here's the one thing that I want to say. All of that is best done multi-generational. Just because you're older doesn't mean that our youth don't need you. Okay, so for you that are a little bit maybe on the older side of the crowd, our youth needs to hear some wisdom from you all. You need to be present in them. And you know what? The thing about them is they give you energy right back. And maybe some of you need some little energy in your life. A little bit of chaos. When's the last time some of you had chaos in your life? Go hang out with some kindergartners for a while. That'll give you some chaos. On the other side, for all of us, all you young people, looking down here, for all you younger people, you are part of God's kingdom. You have a voice. You are at the table. Come and be part of the congregation. Come be part of the fellowship that we have. You absolutely can serve those that are around you with your peers, or you can serve those that are younger than you. I know we have a lot of youth that sign up and are part of that, and we want to continue that. We want to continue to bless that. We want to continue to see them serve in a way that honors and glorifies God. Bite the worship team up. I want to end with, with this last story. So this puppet here, it taught me a lot. It taught me how to go out and talk about Jesus to people when I was eight years old. It taught me how to sing songs and be okay with being a little bit silly in front of people. It taught me Bible passages and stories of scripture. It taught me how to move my hand like this too. It taught me how to see people above me give back and invest in children so that we could go out and, and be that. And I don't know exactly on this whole thing of like, in my journey, what did this play? But I don't know, if this isn't present, what happens? I don't know. I, I can't say for sure like, oh, because of puppets, I'm up here today preaching to you. But I also can't say, well, if it wasn't because of puppets, I'm not up here today. I don't know. And that's the mystery of God. No one knows what that yes might be. When Jesus went to those disciples, and he was standing there and he said, hey, Peter, come follow me. Peter didn't know what came in store. He didn't know that he was going to be the rock he built his church upon. He didn't know that there was going to be this great basilica built after him. He had no idea. All he knew is that Christ had said, hey, say yes today. Say yes to this. And today some of us know in our hearts we have this nudge in here that says, I think I'm supposed to say yes to something. And it might be on this clipboard, it might not. But say yes to that today. Because Jesus will work through that. And I can tell you, even a simple thing like a puppet can change a life. And if God can work through a puppet, he can work through you all. Amen.